The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Let's jazz it up. Let's all get together now. Welcome to the Laura Theodore Podcast. You may know me from my popular television show, Jazzy Vegetarian, where I feature easy and delicious vegan recipes, along with tips for living a kinder, plant-based life. Now I invite you to join me here each week, where I'll welcome amazing guests to share upbeat and informative conversations featuring motivational lifestyle advice and nutritional guidance, plus lots of jazzy-licious recipe ideas. It's all served up with sensational music on the side. Music. So let's get talking. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Laura Theodore Podcast. I am your host, Laura Theodore, and I hope you are feeling good. I hope you are well, and it is so great that you have joined me today. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast because we have a really thrilling podcast. We have a fantastic guest. I am going to be speaking with the awesome John Lewis, aka the Badass Vegan. And John is a health advocate and an activist for the wellness of all living beings. John is the author of the fabulous new book, Badass Vegan, Fuel Your Body and Live Your Life Right. And I'd like to welcome him to the program right now. How are you today, John? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great because I'm speaking with you. And this is a fantastic, fantastic book that everybody must pick up a copy. Badass Vegan, Fuel Your Body and Live Your Life Right. Great recipes, as always, in a great cookbook like yours. But you just have so many wonderful tips, ideas. And I just want to get right to it. First, what experience first inspired you to go plant-based? Uh, for me, actually, it was uh, my mother becoming sick um, and developing colon cancer. Uh, for me, once I, you know, asked the doctors how did this happen, and he was telling me that it, you know, wasn't a hereditary thing, because that's what I thought automatically. He's like, it's more of a lifestyle disease, and it, it's attributed to, like, the food she eats and, you know, uh, animal foods and things like that. I'm like, wait a minute, so this is not hereditary? He said, no, not at all. So... I did more research. I didn't, you know, just dive right into veganism after hearing that because I was skeptical myself. And the more and more I just read up, I saw it wasn't just the heart disease. I mean, it wasn't just the 
cancer, but it was the heart disease, the hypertension, and the list just kept going on and on related to the ingestion of this animal protein. Yeah. And I know you had some other reasons for going plant-based too, as we all do. And you just talk about that so beautifully in the book. Just talk about that for a minute, if you would, please. Yeah, thank you. Um, You know, it started off for health reasons, but as I stayed longer and longer, and you know how they say, once you dive in the rabbit hole, it just kind of opens up. And that's really what it was. And I got to see that it was, you know, it wasn't just my health that was impacted by this industry it was you know the animals lives themselves and the earth and then you know one of the main things that really got me was that how many humans are affected about this you know because this industry poisons the land poisons the water poisons the air it does so many horrible things but it's masquerading around as this healing power and things that we need in order to survive today Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I had kind of the same journey there. You know, at first it was for health reasons. And then I started realizing, wait a minute, there's all these other reasons that are as important or even more important. You know, for me, the wake up call when I was interviewing Gene Bauer of Farm Sanctuary many, many years ago, and uh, he talked about the cruelty of veal, you know, of baby cows. And when I was a child, I used to visit my aunt and uncle's uh, cow farm and you know they were dairy farm and I always wondered why are the sweet little baby cows in those little dark houses and it wasn't until I spoke with Gene and read his first book that came out years ago that I realized oh my god this is just so horrible and so I I agree with you 100% you know there's just so many reasons now to go plant-based but what I really love about your book John is that you really, really get into the nitty-gritty. And on page 60, you talk about the fact that black and brown communities have less access to food than poor white communities. And in affluent white communities, that problem, of course, is completely non-existent. So I hope you just share your thoughts on that and share about that very important topic with us today. Yeah, you know, I I think a lot of people don't see it because they don't have to live it. And that's great that they don't have to live it. The key is to have nobody have to live this, you know, trauma. But it is a discrepancy if you really take a look. You know, one of the biggest things is that I always say is that if you go through any um, well-off neighborhood, you won't see a McDonald's, you won't see a gun store, you won't see a check cashing store, you won't see... Uh, the things that you'll, if you go through poor neighborhoods, you'll see, you'll see the Taco Bells, you'll see the Burger King, you'll see the gun stores, the check cashing stores, you'll see all these things that they wouldn't allow in these richer neighborhoods. And that's just one way of looking at this access of, well, why would you put it in the poor neighborhoods, but not in the richer neighborhoods if it's, you know, everyone's equal and either. Because there are people, even vegans, I love, I love my vegans, don't get me wrong, but there are even vegans that think that there are no discrepancies and that everybody has the same starting line and things of that nature, but it's not the case. Um, you know, you even look at the, the slaughterhouses and these farms that they call them farms that raise these animals for slaughter. They're poisoning the groundwater. They're poisoning yes. um, the, the ground itself. You know, they have these things called spray fields uh, in the documentary that I filmed, uh, which is the follow-up to What the Health uh, with Keaton Kuhn. 
we went and interviewed a hog farmer and we talked to him and he has these things called spray fields. He has three lagoons on his property and those lagoons, just one lagoon holds uh, almost 400,000 gallons, which is crazy. 400,000 gallons? Did you say 400,000 yeah. gallons? Wow. Wow. And that's just one. So if you think about it, nobody's buying hog waste. So they have what they call spray fields. And what do the spray fields do? They spray this waste over these fields. They aren't growing crops there. It's a hog farm. They're not growing crops. They're not trying to make anything else. And what happens is all it takes is a breeze. And now this hog waste is being spread all around these, these cities that are basically surrounded by these hog farms and pig farms. I mean, and cow farms and chicken farms, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's the same thing going down the line. The problem is, is that they have to breathe this and they have to live with this. Um, we, uh, Johns Hopkins did a test on some of the houses and they tested the walls and the toys and the stoves and the chairs and all this stuff. And it all came back with hog waste on it because it's spraying all over it. So imagine just sitting there and you have to get ready for the smell every day you wake up. Yeah. To the point where you, you get used to it and you don't even realize it. And then it, it infects your, your respiratory system and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a big, big problem. I, I agree a hundred percent. And, uh, it's, it's a very kind of a wake up way to look at it the way you're describing it. So I truly appreciate that. I, on the on the topic of animals, on page forty six, you entitled an entire chapter, chapter four. We are all animals. Boy, that's a simple statement, but it's oh so true, and yeah. it's something that I think we all need to look at one way or another. We are all animals. Talk about your feelings mm-hmm. on that. Uh, it's funny. I get a lot of pushback that from that often, but I'm like scientifically we're all animals you know, biologically we're all animals. And I think, you know, a lot of people try to compare ourselves to the lion and the cheetahs and the, the carnivores of the world, but that's not us. We are as, you know, if you're thinking about religion or if you're thinking about just uh, top of the food chain, that doesn't mean that we have the will to just take over and kill whatever we want. Um, if you talk of religion, I always say that, you know, if you think that life is full of tests that God gives you, well, then why would not eating meat be another test? You know, you have to wait till marriage for sex. You have to, you know, uh, be good to others. You know, it, it's so many things. Like, why wouldn't this be another thing? You know, people think that because meat tastes so good, we're supposed to have it. It's like, no, meat doesn't taste good. It's made to taste good. We don't just quick, you know, we don't just eat animals in their raw form. You know, maybe sushi for some people, but in normal circumstances, we don't. And I believe that there's just that responsibility. Um, I talk about it in the chapter. I was doing an interview with CNN, and the guy asked me, he said, let's say you're, on your, uh, you're about to be executed, your, your last meal. And he goes, what would be your last meal? And I said, well, I make these great, badass vegan nachos that are amazing. And he goes, wait a minute, you would ask for vegan nachos? He's like, you wouldn't ask for a great big juicy steak? And I go, and we never rehearsed this. This is like right on the spot. But my first automatic reaction was, well, why would I want something else to die just because I'm dying? And yeah. even he was like, wow, I never thought of that. And I was like, yeah, it's like 
we have this concept of like, well, if I'm going out, everybody's going out, or we're just so selfish as a as a as a race of animals that we don't even see how much uh, damage we're doing to the earth. Mm-hmm. I agree. And there's something you said a couple of minutes ago, you know, the meat has to be made to taste good. There's something I've talked about in my books and on my television show quite often. If you think about it this way, you know, a lot of times people say to me, oh, you know, I don't want to make this tofu recipe that you've, you know, posted online or that's in your book, etc., because I don't like tofu. And I say, well, you know, think about it. If you gave somebody a raw egg, you know, you had guests over and you served raw eggs in a bowl, everybody would say, <laughs> yuck, I don't like that. It's the same thing with tofu. And, you know, you have to you have to cook it just like you would eggs, just like you would meat, just like everything that a carnivore or an omnivore is eating. You make it taste good. I mean, that's just what it is. Don't you agree? Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I mean, that's just across the board. It's like when people say, or I've even heard people say, well, I can't be vegan because I don't like, I, I can't have tofu. I'm like, there are over 70,000 edible plants in the world. Because you like tofu, is not an excuse not to go vegan. You're just trying to find that, that perfect excuse. And just like anything else, you know, there's there's meat that if it's cooked wrong, is going to be nasty. It's the same thing with vegan food. If it's cooked wrong, it, it won't taste right. But that doesn't mean you stopped eating meat because you had one bad steak. You kept eating it. So the same thing with vegan food is like if you had one bad experience with tofu, then that doesn't mean that's the end all be all. Maybe somebody didn't know how to cook it correctly or to your taste palate and yeah. you just keep, you know, finding it or, or subbing out, you know, subbing out the tofu for something else. Uh, it doesn't have to be tofu. Exactly. Subbing out the tofu for something else. That's what I agree with 100%. And I say all the time, I mean, it's funny you brought this up. I, I don't even think I've thought about it that way. But, you know, you think about somebody who's eating meat and they see a meat recipe and it'll say, well, you use this kind of meat or that kind of meat. Somebody might say, oh, well, I'm going to make that with chicken. Well, it's the same thing with a vegan recipe. You see something that has exactly. tofu in it. Well, you say, oh, I could make that with a meat analog. I could make that with seitan. I could make that with tempeh. I could make that with black beans. I mean, there's so many different options. You are... Right on it. Boy, brilliant. Well, you know, a lot of people might be listening to this program today and they might be saying, well, you know, I'm trying out the vegan thing, but I'm not quite sure. But I know that John Lewis is going to know Mm -hmm. how to uh, start out. And I'd love it if you would share one of your favorite quick and easy plant-based recipes that are really delicious, but that maybe you eat or prepare on a day that you're going to be really busy? Uh, I have to go back to one of my original recipes, which is the Badass Beautiful Mess. Um, And the reason why I love this recipe so much is because this is when I was, I mean, literally broke. I had no money in the bank account, but I had some food around the house, and I threw this together, and it just turned out to be one of the most amazing dishes on a dime. You know, like, you don't have to spend a lot. Um, It's a bed of quinoa. Uh, with um, some sweet plantains on top, and I bake the plantains. You can fry them, but I, I prefer to bake them, put them on top, uh, along with some uh, guacamole that I make, and then I put grilled onions on top of that. And when I tell you, it is the most amazing thing in the world, and it's got your sweet palate, your salty palate. Um, 
I even throw a, I even throw jalapenos in my guacamole, so it gives it that spicy as well, and it's got the crunch because you know the grilled onions can give it a little crunch. It's just perfect. It's just a perfect dish, and it takes fifteen minutes to make. You know, quinoa takes so long to boil. You can have the the uh, plantains baking while you're doing that. Grilled onions take a you know five minutes if that, and then you know the guacamole. You can make it by hand. Sometimes even if I'm making a lot of guacamole, I use the blender. You know, I, I know that's not traditional, but sometimes I'll do that, and it just all works out. And in 15 minutes, everything's ready to go, and it's just it's just amazing the taste. Wow, my mouth is watering. We are speaking today with the amazing John Lewis, a.k.a. the Badass Vegan. And John is a health advocate. He's an activist for the wellness of all living beings. And he is author of the fabulous, fabulous book, Badass Vegan, Fuel Your Body and Live Your Life Right. And that, of course, is written by John Lewis. And you can learn more about John after the program today at badassvegan.com. That's badassvegan.com. Well, this has gone by way too quickly. So before we <laughs> leave this today, if somebody is listening and they're saying, man, John is so right, but what's the first thing they can do to just start on that plant-based path, that vegan path every single day? I, I always say it starts with self-love. It's like once you love yourself, then you wouldn't put certain things in your body. And that true self-love will trickle out to the rest. Then you start to love the animals. Then you start to love the earth. Then you start to love the other people that you're helping out by not contributing to it. But it starts with that self-love. It's like when you truly love yourself, you won't do certain things to yourself. You won't talk about yourself certain ways. And it, it definitely goes down to the food as well. You won't put certain things in your body. And and you're going to get urges. You know, that's how it is. You know, I always say this, you know, uh, the government messed up on a lot of things. But the one thing they got right is when they called it the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, because food is a drug. It's the most addictive thing we'll ever put in our body. So understanding that we're addicts to this food, you're going to get triggered. You're going to have times when the smell is going to hit you and you're like, oh, man, I remember that. You're going to be around your family. They're going to be like, hey, you know, you can just have this one piece all those things, but then when you love yourself so unconditionally, then you won't do that to yourself. And that's one thing I always say, you got to start with self-love and then it just trickles out. Fantastic. You're amazing. You're brilliant. Thank you for the incredible work that you are doing to spread love and uh, to help people uh, learn and learn to follow a plant-based diet. And I'm wishing you and your family good health and all good things. And I can't thank you enough for being here with us today. Thank you. And same to you and yours and and to everyone listening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. the fabulous the fantastic john lewis you can learn more about john at badassvegan.com badassvegan.com you might want to pick up a copy of his fantastic book well i got a great recipe for you here today it's uh, from episode 802 at jazzyvegetarian.com pasta imposters and it's my peanutty carrot noodles. They're a gluten-free noodle type of dish showcasing carrots in place of pasta. It's reminiscent of a restaurant favorite. It makes a quick, delicious first course side dish or a light luncheon entree. Makes two to four servings, and this is how it goes. For your carrot noodles, you're going to need about four to six medium or three to four large carrots peeled. And then for your peanut sauce, all you need to do is mix together four heaping tablespoons of creamy peanut butter. You can also use tahini if you want. You could certainly use almond butter, cashew butter, whatever you prefer in this recipe. Two tablespoons of maple syrup, two teaspoons of tamari, a dash of cayenne pepper, and three to six tablespoons of water, plus more as needed. And to make your sauce, you're just going to put all those ingredients in a small bowl and briskly whisk until well combined, adding one more tablespoon of water at a time to achieve the desired consistency. Then you're going to cut your carrots into thin noodles using a vegetable peeler or a spiralizer. And then you're going to fit a steamer basket into a medium-sized saucepan with a tight-fitting lid. Add two to three inches of water, then add the carrots. Of course, you got those carrot noodles. And then cover and bring to a boil. Steam the carrots for about two to three minutes until they're al dente, like al dente pasta. Pretty cool, right? Then just transfer those warm carrots to a medium-sized bowl, pour the sauce over the carrot noodles, and then gently toss using tongs or a large fork until the carrots are thoroughly coated with the peanut sauce. Now, you can serve these warm, which I have done. You can cover and refrigerate them for two to four hours and serve them nice and cold. I love them cold. And that is the scoop. Carrot noodles. And they are a great recipe at jazzyvegetarian.com. That's jazzyvegetarian.com, episode 802, Pasta Imposters. 
Now, if you listen to this podcast a lot, you might be interested in watching the television show. Jazzy Vegetarian is, of course, vegan and delicious. It airs all across the nation. It airs every week on the Create channel, every Sunday, every Monday. So uh, go to the website at jazzyvegetarian.com and check it out or check your local listings for Jazzy Vegetarian on PBS and public television. Well, music today... Here's something I really love by one of our favorite guests here at the Laura Theodore podcast. It's Johannes Lindstedt and Midnight Rumba.
Johannes Lindstedt and Midnight Rumba. We love his music. You can learn more about Johannes at johanneslindstedt.com. That's johanneslindstedt.com. Well, this always goes by so quickly. I'm so grateful that you take the time out to listen to this podcast each and every Wednesday at mindbodyspirit.fm because I know you have so many podcasts you can tune into. So, Until next time, be happy, be healthy, and be well. From me, Laura Theodore, a.k.a. The Jazzy Vegetarian. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.